You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. Well, greetings again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we're going to uh, take yet another journey down the, the trail of understanding tools and techniques for how you and I can become better leaders. My guest is a young lady named S.T. Rappaport, and uh, S.T., welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Doug, for having me. I'm excited to be speaking with you. Tell us where you're located. <laughs> I am located in Miami, Florida. Miami, great, great. Have you lived there long? No, just moved here a couple months ago. Okay, okay. Well, as is a little bit of a custom on my show, give us some background on uh, your journey and how you got into the subject area that you are now. Yeah, so my story started back when I was in fifth grade. Um, I struggled with writing and was already going to a lot of reading tutors that weren't really helping me. Uh, and so my parents decided it was time to do something else. And so instead of sending me to another rating tutor, they sent me to someone who helped me improve my actual thinking skills, like the actual thinking part of thinking. And in that, my reading improved, but not just my reading improved. All other subjects in school improved. My confidence went up socially. I did much better. And I saw like how much of an impact it had on my life that I'm like, I need to go into this. And I did. Wow. So you just kind of hung with it ever since, huh? Yeah. I mean, there have been some points where I was like, am I going to do this part-time, whole-time? And as I got more training and I saw more results in my life, like more and more things happened, I was like, this is too cool not to do it full-time. Well, so the note I made when we first talked, I think the technical term, and please correct me if I've got it wrong, it's cognitive brain thinking. Yes. So it is actually cognitive functions. Okay. But because it is not a term that everybody knows, like you see what happens, I sometimes just use the words thinking skills because it's basically the same thing. It is the same thing, just another name for it. Okay. I've actually done an interview recently, and it, it it was with a young man who had a similar experience in school. He he was just having incredible struggles with the learning process, and he likewise found a coach that kind of helped him uh, retrain his brain effectively, is what he called it. And so tell us a little more about the specifics of, of this thing that you learned and how it sort of manifested itself as you learn to to do these things better yeah so thinking is not one big thing thinking is actually made up of 28 parts called cognitive functions these thinking skills and naturally with there being 28 we have some stronger ones and weaker ones some of it could be because of genetics it could be because of our environment the way we've been learning things and some of them are just stronger now when the weaker ones are weak 
we don't usually recognize that they're weak because as a human, we naturally adapt to our situation and we're going to find other ways to make it work, which is amazing. However, sometimes it's putting a lot more effort and a lot more time and money and energy into doing a task when it could happen a better way. I'll give you an example. Um, when I came back from college, then I took a course by Tony Robbins. It was called Rapid Planning Method. It's a method based on planning of like motivation versus your to-do list. So I thought that was like pretty cool. However, there was like a big part of his course where he spoke about not like just focusing on what you have to do today, right? Like your to-do list. You want to think about your goals, like in the future, your six months, your year, like plan for that. Don't just focus on your like your emergencies that are happening today. That part I had a really big challenge with because I was a very much like do it now kind of person. I need to go to the grocery store. I'm going right now. I need to go to the post office. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to like get things done, which on the outside, it looks really productive because like I didn't procrastinate on things, right? Things just happened. Now, the problem with that was I would go to the post office today, post office today but if tomorrow I know like I need to go to the post office again, I would go to the post office again instead of just waiting tomorrow to go twice, to go one trip for two things. Now, why was this the case? Because I discovered a few months later, I was taking another training in this thinking skills, and it was about categorizations, the thinking skill of being able to categorize correctly. My brain had a weakness in this thinking skill, and it couldn't categorize things in their associate groups and say, okay, this is for now. This is for later. It is better for this thing to happen tomorrow when I'm doing with something else. So as soon as I was able to improve that thinking skill of categorizing, then I was able to go back to Tony's course and be able to say, okay, I am grouping some things for later. Not everything has to happen right now. And I could move more towards the big picture versus just like the immediate things that are happening right now. And because of that, I've like literally saved over 10 hours every single week just by grouping things together, by focusing being more proactive versus just doing what's next. I'm I'm thinking about I, I've had a weird thing and I'm I'm kind of I'm gonna what I'm gonna describe is it sounds like it might be the polar opposite to what you're describing, like my average Saturday is Saturday's my day for my things around the house and to dos and my run my errands and you know go to the hardware store for my projects whatever I've got to do, but when I think about all those things, I do my grouping and categorization with this uber pressure of efficiency, and it's like the way I stack order the stops on my journey and say, okay, I've got all these things to do, and I'm going to leave the house, so I'm going to do this one first, then this one, then this one, and I'm making this quote efficient loop in the neighborhood, so I'm not pinging back and forth because. To me, when I think about that idea of pinging back and forth in a more linear way of, of just taking the list, literally how it was built and, and following it in that linear fashion, I have a panic about, oh, God, how inefficient is that going to be? And and so I go the other way and sort of overcorrect. Yes. <laughs> so that means you're right. Your thinking skill of categorization is really strong. Now, what I like to say is you want to use your strong ones to improve your weaker ones. And then you could decide in your situation there are times, right, for when it's better to be 
more about like the categorizing and then there are also times when it's better we're like now no you need to focus on the details you need to focus on what's right now what's happening in this moment so as a human with a brain a thinking brain you want to be able to have the ability to decide what's more important to categorize or to focus on what's happening right now so I'm curious for the, for the the time you've been doing this work and and helping people and presenting this information, have you seen any mm, patterns in personalities? Do do certain personalities have a, a natural migration to one set of those twenty eight versus the other, or is it just all random drawn because we're all different human beings? It is all random. What tends to be a little bit more of the same type is usually more of like diagnosis. So let's say people who have ADHD have 10, not always, but like will tend to have more certain weaker cognitive functions. People with autism might have different things, things like that. Got it. The reason I ask, because I, I do a lot of work with entrepreneurs, and usually when you think about the classic entrepreneur profile, Number one, you're thinking about somebody that's pretty independent, pretty creative. They're not afraid of certain levels of risk. Um, they're they're driven. They're motivated. But inevitably, in that, and I'm making a very broad brush statement here. Inevitably, what goes with that is this easy ability to get consumed in the details. So, you know, so often a lot of my work with business owners has to do with breaking apart. And as the classic phrase goes, I, I've got to work with them to work on their business, not in their business. And so the in the business part is literally in the weeds. You know, it's like I'm I'm looking at every bill that I've got. I'm 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 looking at every check. I, I, I don't delegate a lot. Even if I do, I'm watching what's happening and and it you know, it starts to sound like I don't necessarily trust my people and it's not so much the trust, it's just that sense of ownership, you know, we, we got my baby here and it's gotta be right. And so there's this, you know, drive in that form. So to help them, you know, get out of their own way, we have to work really hard on this idea of sort of rising up above all of that. And it, it does come with thinking differently about all those tasks and all those things you've got to do. Yeah, that sounds like the entrepreneurs I work with. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it's interesting, but this is why, like, it's not especially the same personalities have the same cognitive functions because even though they might both be working in the business instead of on the business, how they approach it is going to be different, right? Okay. So some of them are like going to focus more like the visionary and they're still in the business, but they have like all their visionary that they sometimes forget about the things that have to happen. Like they have all these dreams and all these things. They want everything to have happened yesterday, right? And it's like, in order for that to happen, you first have to set up some other things first. While there are other ones that are, like you said, they're like so into looking at every single one of their bills that they forget or they don't think about. They don't approach it like planning for the future or thinking bigger. So they're both, both those entrepreneurs are really in their business, but they're viewing it from a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm curious, and again, I'm speculating a little bit. So out of the 28 possible cognitive functions, 
I wonder which ones are weaker for those who find it real easy to get consumed in those details of the day-to-day. Yes. So I'm going to say if they're very into the very details, probably it's because they have a strong cognitive function. I'm going to start with what they're strong with. Strong with the cognitive function of collecting precise and accurate data. Just a fancy name for getting all the right information. Um, And they're getting so much information that like they want to deal with everything that they're dealing with, that they're having. Now, what's weak, they're multiple could be weak, but many times is a um, week of being able to select relevant cues. It's not just being able to see cues, but it's being able to select what's relevant. So they're seeing a bill, they're seeing a client come in, they're seeing something that's happening that technically they shouldn't have to get their hands dirty in, but they have the inability to select if this is for them right now in this moment. That's one. Another one is actually also the categorization one um, because categorizing, part of categorizing, has, there's two parts. There's being able to take the big group and being able to divide it into smaller groups, but then it's also taking the smaller groups and putting them back in to the oh, big group. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Um, so many thoughts come, come from that. Um well, what are some of the things you inevitably run into if you start reaching out and working with a, a business owner that is having some struggle? Yeah, so I, I'm going to right away, if I'm working with them right away, going to focus on trying to identify which one of their cognitive functions are weak and help them improve those cognitive functions. But I'm a very big believer in everyone being able to identify and understand that the reason why things are hard for them is because of a weak cognitive function. So if you're struggling with something, instead of just like saying, oh, this is so hard, take a moment to step back and not just say this task is hard, but what is the specific point in this task that is making it hard for you? That is going to be the point of your weak cognitive function, not the whole task, that point in where you feel like breaking. Hmm. Well, what's coming to mind, and when you say that, is I'm wondering about, um, and, and I, I'm going to be real transparent, I, don't, I you know, just sort of bear my soul out of here. One, one aspect of my own business, I fundamentally hate sales. I just, I, I don't like to get in that, you know, mode of having to pitch something to an audience or to a person. And could that be declared a, a, a some break in some cognitive function? I mean, obviously, it's the way I think about it um, that is an issue. Yeah. So there could be multiple reasons. Um, the first one that is coming up for me is considering another person's perspective. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't know how to con- like be compassionate. And that's like one way it could show up. But it doesn't sound like that from you. From here, it's more you're considering their perspective because you don't want to be like a salesperson, right? You don't want to just like push things down their throat. Yep, that's it, Ver- exactly. Right? However, if we say it a different way, what if from their perspective, you're not pushing things down in their throat, but you're helping them? They are stuck in a situation and they're looking for a solution. If you would see that like, hey, like I literally have the answer for you, but I'm keeping it from you by not telling it to you. Now, are you helping them? No, right? So 
it's considering a different perspective of the thing that you already have. That's fair. And, I, and I've actually had people advise me on that, that that's the, the real key of it. I've just got to flip the script in my own mind about what I'm trying to do with people. And so. So what I like to do is like when there's something in business that's happening, it's very hard to improve the cognitive function and work on the business. So if you want to like improve your sales, what I would say is, or tell a client to do is like out out of the business, like in your everyday life, when you're speaking to employees, to your ready clients, try to be conscious about considering their perspective. So that way, when you come to sales and you flip, it will be easier for you to flip that script. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. That's a, that's an interesting twist on it. So in this sphere, in this world of what you do, is, is there a kind of an assessment that can be performed where like the classic survey test kind of thing to help identify which of the 28 might be a challenge? Yeah. So there is like an official LPAT assessment and it like starts at like $2,000, whatever, but I've created a, a free one. Anyone could take, it takes like about 10 minutes. Um, obviously it's not going to be as accurate, but it will give you a very good baseline. And I make all my clients take it before. Um, you could get it at lifepixuniversity.com forward slash CF. Um, it's literally, it'll just go through each of the 28 and it's, you'll see there that there's no like right or wrong. There's a scale from one through five, because I want you to understand that you could always improve your cognitive functions even more. You never like hit a max, but if you have a scale from one to five and you see, Hey, I'm four at this and I'm three at this and two at another one, then you could give you like a general idea of where you are with each of them. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And I'm I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I'm reminded, and I'm actually scrolling a list here. So pardon me if I look a little distracted. That I, I was trying to look back. There was a lady I had on my show last year. That she's from Australia. It was an amazing show. And I don't know why I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but you know, 150 shows, it's kind of hard to <laughs> remember all exactly. I remember the substance of it. And my point is this, she had a whole thing that she talked about getting in your genius zone. And what I'm, I'm connecting dots here, and I'm thinking to myself, part of what she was espousing is to, I think, effectively identify those cognitive functions that are high strength and, and allow yourself to kind of become the person in that area. But then as you think about leadership and building a team, you want to build a team of people that have the other things that you don't have. Yes. And, yeah. and it was really, it was really interesting. So there, we never really talked about the idea of, well, is there something missing in your own life that you could strengthen and get better at? But she was like celebrating the, the, area where you're already strong and just let that be your force. And, and like in her case, as she described her own business, she was more the visionary. Don't bug me with details. I don't want to get bogged down in the details. And so she had to have somebody on her team that was incredibly detail oriented. And in fact, couldn't hardly grasp those big visionary ideas. You know, it was kind of a yin and yang sort of balance thing. Yeah. So I'm like also like for so into like use your strong parts, your genius zone. I think that is so important. But like to your point, right? Who she hired someone who was really into details, but struggled to see the big vision. Now, to me, 
there's something lacking because even though she's really good in the details, she's not going to be able to do the details as good if she can't also see the big picture. So it doesn't mean that she can't, that she should work full time in something that's a little bit harder for her to understand. And obviously she should not be the visionary. She's really good for doing the details. But if she could take a little bit of effort to improve that thinking skill, to also be able to see it, then when she does the details, she'll maximize her zone of genius even more. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And and that would also, in the, in the sense of building an effective team, that's where you're if you think of a Venn diagram, you know, the overlapping bubbles, you, where they overlap, that's where if both of you are a little stronger in that area. So the person I was interviewing would need to be a little stronger in appreciating the, the level of detail to make the overlap with the detail person work better. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's really intriguing how to do that. You know, it, <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking that, you know, there is so much to consider if you really want to stand up and, and put yourself out there in as a business owner and trying to lead a team. And obviously, if you get busy doing that and you start to sense these limiting factors in what, you know, things that might be holding you back, trying to identify, you know, even where to start and where to begin working is is such a challenge. Yeah, I think that like you have to get your hands dirty. <laughs> you have to like start doing it and learn from your mistakes. And as entrepreneurs, usually they're pretty good at it, sometimes a little bit too much instead of using a different one of the cognitive functions, which is called defining the problem. Um, but that comes later, like when yeah. you take a moment to like say like, okay, what's actually the problem here? So you don't make the same mistake six times. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fabulous. So um uh, mention your website again. What's the name of the place for the assessment? Yes, Life Picks University. So that's Life P I X University dot com. And if you okay. want to go straight to the assessment, then you could do slash like forward slash CF for cognitive functions. Oh, great! Well, that's an interesting, uh, and we, and folks will have that in the show notes too. Uh, so don't worry about catching that on the fly here. But we will bring that back up. Um, what do you think holds people back from, um, I guess I'll use the word, admitting they've got a gap in their ability and, and you know, they, they want to get curious about figuring this out? What, what do you think holds people back? Yeah, I think there are two aspects to it. Sometimes it's just easier to blame someone else simply i'm just like being honest like people are like okay this course didn't work for me or this coach couldn't help me or whatever like they i didn't learn anything from this book or whatever it is that's one but i think um much deeper than that is that usually people don't realize like i mentioned earlier we are so in our lives that we don't realize like in my story of where i shared how I would used to get everything done right away. I thought I was being so productive because I was getting everything done right now. It wasn't until I had an outside force, like something, like I said, stimulus that showed me like, hey, there's a smarter way. So I think that like this conversation of like being aware of 
being conscious. You could be your outside force by looking on the outside. What here is the struggle? What here is going on? It's not because I'm stupid. It's not because I'm broken. It's because I have a weak cognitive function. Well, you know, and and, and as, as so many of the um, places that do um, the therapeutic type work, you know, awareness and admission of the need is is step one. <laughs> yeah, you know, everything starts with self awareness. <laughs> everything starts with saying, you know, there might be a better way, and. I, I can't help but admit that it has come up lately for me in in the last week or so in a number of discussions I've had. Um, I've I talked to people about this dynamic I, I've recognized in my own leadership and management career, as I've had a chance to lead organizations with hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Inevitably, there is a division of the people there's a third a third and a third and those are i'm making very broad brush strokes but i've seen it play out in every situation i've ever been in a third of the people are your rock stars they're aware they're motivated you don't have to do a whole lot to turn them on and get them going they're going to stay there late whether you ask them to or not you, you can always rely on them the biggest challenge with those folks as a leader is to not take them for advantage you do not take advantage of them no take them for granted that's the word i was trying to get to because guess what they're capable they're skilled they're motivated they can leave in a heartbeat and they're going to find another gig you know if if you don't keep them happy so that's one area there's the middle third that they're okay. You know, they're, they're kind of, I call them salt of the earth kind of people. They were, they're well-intended. They work hard, not necessarily super motivated, but you can get extra effort out of them if you need to, and, and you can work with them. You can train them. They're going to make some mistakes, but it's okay. It's not going to sink the ship, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's the bottom third. <laughs> And these are the people that, to your point, and that's what triggered my thought here, they find blame. If something goes wrong, they're going to blame everybody else. You know, I work for a bad boss. I hate this company. I don't like the work I do. We got a stupid product. The software is broken. My tools are broken. You know, all of that stuff. And there's not a lot you can ever do to change their mind. And sadly, the truth be told, when economic times get tough and companies start going through changes, those are the people usually on that short list that get the pink slips or are invited to go head out the door. And then they get angry and they wonder why that happened to them. And the whole system's against them and the rest of their life is, is a disaster like that. It's sad, but it, it's very true. Yeah, super true. I think those people like have the fixed mindset. Do you know that by Carol Dweck? Um, Carol Dweck was a psychologist in Stanford University, and she wanted to see like what makes a person successful, whether in business or sports. And she discovered it's, it depends what their mindset is. Is it a fixed mindset or is it a growth mindset? So fixed mindset are like those people. They're always blaming. They're always like, this is the way it is. And 
they they can't really change nothing's going to change and this is how there are forever while growth mindset they are always looking to grow they see as like challenges as an opportunity to grow and like failures or mistakes they're also they're just learning from them those are like your rock star people are those people with the growth mindset and they're like going to figure out a way um to be able to do it so those people until they switch to a growth mindset until like they're just stuck in there like you said nothing's going to happen because the way it is is the way it is so that's the way it's going to stay forever yeah and that's that's really interesting um besides your website uh, just let me ask is, have you done any kind of book or other program that you're promoting or sharing with folks i haven't written a book but i do host a podcast it's called the life picks university podcast um and we just go deeper into like everyday challenges that people have as leaders as entrepreneurs and discuss really why right not trying to blame we are trying to understand and take responsibility and then also learn practical ways to improve them yeah yeah so if it's not too personal can can you elaborate on a couple of the other cognitive function areas that you worked on that you discovered you needed to do some work with Sure. One of my favorite ones is systematic search because in the beginning I hated it and today like my brain does it by default. So <laughs> systematic search is being able to look for things in a system, right? Usually when we're missing something or we can't find something, we look everywhere. We look in the same place three times and we don't actually look for where it is. So if you create a system, it doesn't make a difference what it is. Top to bottom, right to left, front to back going through documents, right? Like you're looking in an order instead of just looking everywhere, then two things. First of all, your brain is going to cover all the grounds without looking anywhere twice. And second of all, because your brain has a system, it automatically calms down. So you could start thinking again. Instead of getting stressed, it, it may actually remember where you put it or mm. it will be able to find it when you come to the point. Um, now, the reason why I hated it, and a lot of people don't exactly enjoy it when they start it, is because in the beginning, it take, could take a lot of time. You're like, why should I look through this paper if I know that it's not here and it's just part of my system, right? Which you never really know if it's there, so that's why you're actually doing it. Um, but as you do it longer, your brain gets better at it. You create better systems. As you look, you look faster and now besides for the fact that like i almost don't lose things because i have such strong cognitive functions when i do it defaults goes into systematic mode because it knows like that's the best way to find it is the um this this may be a, a stretch and maybe not even related at all but you know, from time to time, people talk about the notion that they get in their car, they need to go somewhere, and, and, and all of a sudden, there's this sort of blackout, and all of a sudden, you've arrived at the destination because you've, you've done it a hundred times, like leaving your house, drive to the grocery store. Well, you know where the grocery store is. You can go on autopilot. So it's that it's an autopilot kind of function. So you got there safely. You didn't hit anybody. You didn't, you know, have an accident or anything. But yet, honestly, when you realize you've just pulled in the parking lot, you go, oh, my God, what was I thinking this whole way? So is that one of the skills that functions or that's not a skill however what i would say is that what we're doing is when we're improving 
cognitive functions is we're creating new neuropaths, right? Just like you going from your house to your grocery store, you did it hundreds of times. It's a neuropath that has tons of like myelin and sheath, like what goes around the neuron connections to make it go faster. So that's why it happens so much by default that you don't even realize. When you do different activities, like let's say systematic search, you're also creating new neuropaths, which make it happen faster. Okay. I actually talked to my executive coaching clients about the fact that some of these principles and practices of leadership that we talk about, if they feel awkward at first, they have to work on the repetition part because of that very, that neural pathway wiring. You, you want to work intentionally to make it happen and force your brain to think that way. And then pretty soon you come to this realization, you have a situation in a moment and that thing needs to be called on. And all of a sudden it feels a lot more natural. It's, it's not a forced action. It's not a forced thought. It's, it's a second nature to go there. Yeah, you really do want to challenge your brain. Um, you're becoming smarter and creating new neuron connections. So if everything would always be easy, that means it's just being doing the same things that you've always done. So you want to think about if something you did today was a challenge, if you go and do something that's a challenge. I'm trying to remember who it was that um, spoke about this. I, it was an article a long time ago that I read that uh, it was from one of the neuroscientists. <clears throat> and... He said that if we don't challenge our brain, if, if we seek this feeling of uh, being in the zone all the time, our, our brains kind of shut down. They don't grow because we're not exercising them. We're not stimulating them. We're not challenging the, uh, I guess, ultimately, it's that cognitive function in one form or another. If, yeah. It, it, I mean, is that something you've heard or seen or talked about with others? Totally. Yeah. Like every living thing, it's either growing or dying. Um, and we actually like people with like Alzheimer's and dementia working on cognitive functions doesn't stop it, but most definitely like slows it down a lot because you're making the brain work and you are challenging it. So it's going to have to start growing again. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Westy, I think uh, I think we're about up on time. Thank you so much for sitting in. I think this is really powerful and helpful. I'm, and I applaud you for your work and, and your own accomplishment there in that, that area. Thank you so much, Doug. This was fun. I appreciate speaking with you today. You bet. And uh, again, like I said a moment ago, folks, we're going to have all of Esty's information in her show notes, or if you want to reach out to her, get in touch and or take that assessment she's got on her website. That'll be uh, uh, hopefully a big help for you. And I do always like to remind people that if you're listening on your favorite streaming service, we do have the show on video over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. And for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and uh, hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.